Hi guys, you're welcome to my podcast. My name is Fatil. I'm a sport journalist and a content creator. Sports is my bread and butter and I'm glad that you could finally join me. Please tell your friends to tell their friends to subscribe to this channel so that we can, you know, marry together. Thanks for listening. Hi guys, you're welcome back to Fatil Chat with me, Fatil. Yes, this is the very first podcast that I will be recording for the year 2022. How else do I have to start if not about tennis? The Australian Open, the very first slam of the year, the happy slam, like we love to call it, is already on the way. And by Sunday, we get into the second week of that particular tournament. And I am glad to be here to be giving you all the information you need to know about the insight uh the insight and um probably yes my takes in all of what has happened in the past few days so we'll be cutting this like stage by stage i have like a long list of things to talk about but well you guys have to stay with me and um i hope you will enjoy it go nowhere you're listening to fatio chats all right moving on now i will actually have to start with uh the tournament itself like i rightly said the happy slam started out on monday and um, we've seen a fantastic tournament so far and as you all know that this particular australian open gave us like viral news like we've never seen in history that is um about nova djokovic versus the australian government and it ended that it was nova djokovic actually that took the fall and he had to leave because he doesn't have um he wasn't vaccinated and because of some you know issues with his um with his visa uh, registration and whatnot but that's not why we are here really i just wanted to point out how the tournament has been so far so let's get into what has been happening well i would like to um start with the women's singles yes it's been fantastic in fact from the very first round because we saw some very much watering first rounders and um the particular one typically that i want to talk about is that of emma radicanu versus sloan stephen these two people have um unique stories yeah emma radicanu like you well know she just busted out in the scene she has never played on tour before she has been playing challengers but you know she had the talent and then well you know the story she won a grand slam last year and since then actually she hasn't been able to win a match since then but then she came here to australia and the very first person she was meant to face was Lauren stephen who on our own side just only got married like a couple of weeks back in fact she got married on the first of january and you know i've been married i know yeah i've been married for a couple of years and i know how much it takes to plan for a wedding even if you have um people handling so many things as an athlete i'm sure she must have uh, focused so much on planning the wedding and of course afterwards i don't know if she had honeymoon but as far as i'm concerned she rushed back to the court and then uh, she played emma Rekano in the first round and she lost that one i mean 
it was so terrible our performance was so poor that it left me disappointed for someone as slow and stiffen i didn't expect that even though for the past three editions of the australian open slow and stiffen has not been able to win a match in melbourne which is something she really needs to work on there are so many youngies coming up now and it's going to get harder before it gets any easier for her to you know replicate some of her hey days and um well i wish her all the best but that was quite disappointing now let's um talk about naomi osaka naomi osaka hasn't played a match since uh us open um because she had to take some time off uh not exactly because of injury but because of her mental health thing that she wants to stay away from tennis and um, she didn't play a lot of tennis at all, maybe one or two practices and all of that. And then she came back to Melbourne hoping to do well at the Australian Open. I thought it was going, it was going to be very difficult for her, but um, she played in the leading tournament into Australian Open. She played at one of the Melbourne tournament and she won a couple of matches before retiring due to some sort of uh, discomfort and then she came back here at the australian open she 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 was she wasn't looking rusty actually she was looking so good and uh, you know uh, uh, a traditional way of playing was there her movement on court was there in fact she you know sir um i want to mention serena williams sorry she's not here Naomi Osaka, aside from what she brings on court, she also brings some kind of flair out of court, and that is as regards fashion. Um, if you can, if you can remember last year when she won the Australian Open, during one of her match, I think it was a second round match, uh, while she was playing, there was a butterfly that fell on her face during a match, and she kind of took an idea from that that inspired her to. Uh, to make um, a particular you know fashion statement surrounding that she she designed shoes for this particular uh australian open with uh, a butterfly team design which was really amazing if i can find that that shoe anywhere i am so going to buy it i don't mind how much it is maybe i'm going to save up for like a year or so but the shoes were really really nice so i wouldn't mind having that in my closet anyway she did well but when it got to an amanda anesimova wow and um a friend of mine on twitter my colleagues my colleague uh, to, uh my colleague biola uh, she's also a very uh tennis buff like myself and she she actually mentioned that after anesimova qualified for the third round she said uh she facing naomi osaka in the third round is like naomi osaka could be in danger i thought well probably but again after seeing how naomi osaka has played in a couple of matches at the australian open i thought perhaps well anisimova would bring the energy would bring uh, a game but i thought naomi osaka would be okay like she will ride it to success but that was not what happened. Actually, the match was a balanced game, really, because um, Naomi Osaka started out all guns blazing, won the first set, while Anisimova was still trying to get her foot um, into the game. And by the time she, she, she warmed into the match, the second set was more or less like a battle of uh, ground strokes 
uh, of baseline uh, winners because these two were so good at the baselines and um, uh, it was staggering to see how she was able to dissect Naomi Osaka's game plan and she was able to win that match which is so amazing because you know the lineup of talent that we have in the WTA right now is unbelievable it's so fascinating just when you're still gushing over one talent another one will just spring up from somewhere and you know we have so many of them and Amanda Anisimova definitely is one of those players that everyone needs to watch out for and uh, there was something I really love about um, Naomi Osaka in a press conference after that match she said not that she played uh, wrongly she actually enjoyed the way she played she was grateful for the way she played and she's not even pain that she lost because the way with which she lost she fought to the very very end which is so true because even according to the stats the only thing that separated them were just winners and Isimova had about 25 more winners than um, Naomi Osaka and well sadly those are the uh, stats that actually wins you point and well eventually the match so a uh, great one for Anisimova she will be playing another top dog in fact the toppest of the toppest dog in the WTA ranking as it is she'll be playing Ashley Batty in the next round the first fourth round and it will be an amazing one to watch go nowhere you're listening to fertile chats for ashley batty she has been on about going on about her business like you know like nobody is a mate like she has been playing in fact the high the longest time she has spent on court so far is 61 minutes and it has been ridiculous really she has been winning and it's been straight set in fact i don't think anybody has won at least four games against ashley batty and that is how brutal the australian has been so far in this tournament i also love the way she talks at the presser she's so succinct she's you know she's jovial as much as possible and she explains things a lot and i love her takes really i just i just really do go nowhere you're listening to fatio chats okay so special mention to victoria zarenka i've always loved victoria zarenka i've been following her for a couple of years now at least maybe 10 years and you know she's one of those players that i always you know look out for even with the number of new talent that we have on the roster i still look forward to familiar faces like angelique kerber you know alisa connect uh public chankova you know all those old names that actually made tennis um something for me to look forward to so uh seeing her doing well here and reaching the second week of the australian open after all she has been through is so amazing and she didn't really she, she didn't just reach the the second round for nothing she defeated elena Sevitolina. that's one of that's another of my favorites but elena Sevitolina over the past couple of years has just not exactly hit it whenever i remember elena Sevitolina, i always think of uh simona hallett before she won a grand slam she was always the nearly man the nearly woman she get to a final not win it she get to uh, a semi-final final there is always something that will break her heart and she will lose out in that i think that is where elena civitolina until she breaks that jinx 
uh, it's going to take a lot and I hope it's not uh, going to uh, take a lot of time because well she's not getting any younger and there are so many people so many players on the WTA ranking right now that you know they just want to grab as many points as possible now talking about grabbing points as possible um uh Naomi Osaka after this loss she's going to drop as far as outside of the WTA um 80th like She's going to drop way low like it is so ridiculous this rankings this ranking system these days and um when she was asked about this in the press briefing she said she's not worried about the rankings she just knows that she has to play as many matches as possible so that she can earn her points and stay up in the ranking but for now she just wants to enjoy her tennis again play well you know and win big matches that is what is uh, a priority right now which is i i kind of like i like this particular mentality about um Naomi Saka at that press briefing and long may it continue really so uh talking about uh Elena Sevitolina the other time it's only normal for me to talk about her husband uh when it comes to the men's singles Gary Monfils is happy again Gary Monfils is winning again which is amazing um this time last year he fell he broke into tears at the press press briefing after losing in the first round of the australian open he, he was so devastated for losing that in that first round because everything was not working for him he was in his darkest hour he was not winning games he was not do, doing well it was so bad after then he actually went on a long losing streak i think seven or eight if not more before he was able to uh, to turn the bend towards the end of the year and um, finishing the year uh, on the rise and now back here at even that last year he actually temporarily um, broke up with his girlfriend Elena Svitolina before they came back and you know got married and everything started getting all rosy and now he's playing so well in fact you know uh, Gail Monfils is usually the flamboyant one. He's always playing as though he's just there to entertain, but he's doing both nice and entertaining and winning, which is amazing. And I can't wait for what is next for this guy. Go nowhere. You're listening to Fatio Chats. Now let's talk about Rafael Nadal. Rafael Nadal is defying your odds at the Australian Open. This guy is going toe to toe with 20 year olds, with 25 year olds. He's running from one edge of the baseline to the other and making those shots, as well as making those winners. It's not just winners, it is the, uh, the effort, the battle, the hustle behind making those winners that really, really makes it so amazing. And he has been doing well so far. I is is just it's just ridiculous. I mean, he's thirty six years old, for God's sake, and this guy is playing like he's just some eighteen year old. Amazing feat, really. He's into the second week as well, and he will be playing against Manarino. Manarino played deep into the night against Karasev, and that is a big worry for Nadal. If Manarino is not tired already, uh, Nadal, as much as possible, should be able to close that out like early like in three sets because i don't know how far it can go when it gets to like four or five sets really i know that nanda is capable of a lot of things but 
I will also always put his age in retrospect as well because um, at that age, I don't think he would want to jeopardize the rest of the season because um, he wants to continue playing in the tournament and, you know, uh, burning all his gas in a five-set affair. So the best thing for him to do is to close out the games as much as possible within three sets. It should be good. Go nowhere. You're listening to Fatio Chats. As we round up um, on this uh, first podcast of Fatil Chats with me here, um, let's talk about Daniel Medvedev. If there is anybody who is favorite to win in this tournament, definitely has to be Daniel Medvedev because he has been the one with the huge statement um, even before um, even before uh, the Australian Open. Um, he has been like the heir apparent to the throne of the top three and he has been the one that has actually shown more uh more potential to actually succeed the likes of roger federal rafa nadal or Novak djokovic in fact so um this title actually for me it's for daniel medvedev any other person can come uh, behind that and uh daniel medvedev has been doing so well uh, so far, winning matches, business like as usual, no anki panky, no on court antics. Even while he played against the curious home favorite, and the and a portion of the crowd were just booing and being so childish, and he, he stood his ground, he walked his mentality, and he made sure that um, whatever Nick curious and the crowd were throwing at him he has everything to counter it and that was exactly what daniel did medi like i love to call him after that match he said a lot of things about the the crowd calling them uh some of the fans with low iq but he was able to you know uh retract those statements and became friends again with um the australian crowd crowd afterwards so if there's anybody that is going to win this title Daniel Medvedev, number one favorite for me, hands down. I would like to mention Nikrios as well. You know, is there anybody who is so talented, obviously talented at something and um, doesn't want it? And this person is, is like, is wired for fame, to be famous, to, to succeed because he has the talent. That is the story of Nikrios. Nikrios has so much potential, but is underutilizing all the potentials that he has. He doesn't play as many tournaments. He doesn't. He doesn't seem uh, so interested in going intensive in trainings or you know to get uh, proper uh, rankings on the ATP rankings, which is quite absurd for someone in his caliber. Whenever this guy step onto the court, you just know that he's going to give his all and give you a masterpiece, an entertaining game. But I think he's more interested in just entertaining and not particular winning or going beyond playing in Australia and a couple of matches in the US. This guy is just weird. And also, um, quick mention for Carlos Alcaraz. Carlos Alcaraz, oh my goodness, this guy is meant for greatness. If there is any other player, young player coming up in the ATP right now, well, except my Musetti. I love Musetti because I also think he also have you know flurry uh, of uh, shorts, varieties and stuff, and he's quite talented as well. 
bad Carlos Akaraz is one to watch out for in the future. I mean, this guy gave Bertini a run for his money. Carlos Akaraz lost, lost that match. I mean, in the last in the last set, really, because the couple of sets before that, I think, I think he was, you know, he had everything working for him, and this won't be the last time we see we see Akaraz on the uh, on the ATP tour. I am looking forward to more of these matches and. What he will he will bring at the table. In fact, it's just really amazing. Go nowhere. You're listening to Fatio Chats. Okay, that is um, the little I can. I know that it's not little. Like this podcast is like going into twenty minutes now, but this is as far as I can go. And um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is the very first episode. I hope. And pray to be able to do a couple more series as the Australian Open um, gets into you know the crunch time, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and eventually the finals. Um, I'm going to be posting this on my social media. You can as well follow me on my social media at Fatil, P H A T I L L. Most of the time, I tweet about about tennis and maybe other sports thing, but basically all I tweet or post about is about sports. My name is Fatil and um, thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, do stay tuned to another one. Subscribe to my channel and uh, uh, put on your post notification so that you will be prompted when next I post another episode. Thank you so much and have yourself a wonderful time over there. Ciao, ciao.